Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Now, though, on the line, uh, it's my worst gig, a bonus episode because the Vodafone Comedy Festival is on this week, so there's loads of comics in town. We're not going to turn down chatting to them. Joanne McNally is live on the line. Joanne, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Grand. <laughs> Come here, in a quick summary, how did you go from working PR in Dublin to now uh, gigging all over the world? I know, it's bonkers, isn't it? A little bit um, mad, yeah. So, how did I... I you know what it was, right? I, I, I just... Be, I, okay, so I was working in public relations, Grant, wasn't that mad about it, it was fine, and then I was seeing this bald lad and he broke up with me and I was raging and this is the truth right this is the God's honest truth I felt like I'd known him for years and he'd been kind of sniffing around and I, I didn't take him up on it and when I hit 30 I was like maybe I should give this a shot so mm. I started going out with him and then he broke up with me after three months and I was enraged so I was at a party and I was telling the story about him breaking up with me and this woman who I know is now a very good friend of mine was like listen I'm putting on this show called Singlehood and it's going to be like half real people, as in people like me who've no stage experience, and half stand-up com- comics talking yeah. about their love lives. And I'd like you to do be the show and just tell that story about that old lad. So I was like, okay, grand, I'll do that. Because I'd always kind of liked acting as a kid. And then TJ Gallagher came to see the show, and he's like, I'll come on tour with me, do stand-up, and I'll kind of try, show you the ropes. And that's kind of what happened. So thank God that lad broke up for me. I'm telling you, every cloud, every cloud, every breakup, that's the thing, that's what's so lovely about it, that every breakup, even though at the time you're in the horrors and you feel rejected and awful, something good comes out of it. The next thing is always better. That's my theory on Now you're there with a little notebook going, I could probably get five minutes out of this, actually. I know everyone's dead, but I think, think I could get a good five out of it. Yeah, well, I look at him now and I'm like, i got a career out of you. <laughs> best thing that ever happened to me. So Wonderful. You're, you're seeking out dysfunctional relationships because you're like, I need a new hour for an yeah, extra, so let's go. Yeah, that's where the content is. There's nothing exciting or interesting about functional relationships. So thank God I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, it would be a boring hour if you're like, everything went fine, and that's the end of the, uh, yeah. the, end of the show. Happily married, that's it now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to the show. Dysfunction. Uh, Sorry, I'm at the vote for that. Can you hear Beyonce there? Oh, no, no, it's, it's, not, it's not too bad. It's all right. Yeah, okay, go on. So come here then. Um, obviously, you've been gigging. Gigging then for how long? Only a couple of years now. Your star has so risen fairly fast. I've, start, I've just started into my fifth year now. God, how long already? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Because the first two years, you're kind of just hammering away invisibly. Like, yeah, yeah it's five years, I know, yeah. Yeah, the first I'm year like, or two, you're just kind of annoying your family and friends going, hey, are you going to come to my gig? And they're like, no, no, we're definitely not. Well, before, now when people are like, coming to your gig, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, there's one of my mates is coming to the show tonight. 
And he's like, I'm going to hackle you. And I'm like, oh, do you know what, Dan? <laughs> I've enough to be dealing with. Like, I know you think that's hilarious, but it's actually just a pain in my ass. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And speaking of, of, of heckling and stuff like that, along the way in the last five years, have you had any good, notable, terrible, terrible gigs? I mean, yes, I absolutely have. I haven't had, like, some gigs are, like, I heard about one comedian who got punched in the face at a gig, and, like, because it was going so badly. I haven't had those dramatic gigs yet. Yep, yep. I've had a couple of, like, I've, I've, I've definitely had those gigs where, like, I just want to kind of brillo pad myself from the inside out. Because <laughs> my theory is, and this isn't even a theory, this is true, laughter is contagious. So if, if you go out to a ropey start and they don't laugh, it's very hard to win them back. Yeah. So I had one guy stand up in the middle of one of my Australian shows and uh, he was like, I thought this was comedy. Oh, and I was no. Like, I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, and his wife was sitting beside him and she clearly detests him because she didn't even look like... He, I was like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to the bar. And he went out, came back in 50 minutes later and stood on my stage and said to the audience, what did I miss? Which was pretty Oh, bad. wow. Yeah, as in the suggestion being I've missed absolutely nothing. What a ticket. I know, and I was like, I could be your daughter. Like, it was just weird and cruel. Like, like was he hammered or was he just being an arsehole? He was just being an arsehole. I've had mostly, do you know what the worst thing is, right? I've never been, like, attacked. What happens sometimes is people are so disinterested that, like, you can hear them ordering, like, they're trying to, like, get drinks. They sat, one guy stood up in the international and he was like, does anyone want a drink? As in, like, oh, they to were the just, whole room. To the whole room! As in, like, as in, like, as in I just wasn't there doing anything. Oh, God. Recently, I was in gigging in um, the Banana Cabaret Club in London and this guy started shouting up that we'd met before. I said, is there anyone Irish in? And this guy was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, God. And he's like, we met before. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, we met at Chiswick and we bought a drink together. And I was like, oh, my God. So, like, obviously, I don't know what had happened in Chiswick. We probably had a mild flirtation. He so wasn't he bald was, by any chance, was he? No, he wasn't. <laughs> so he turned up to this gig thinking that maybe we'd, I don't know, laugh. And just kind of shouted out things throughout the whole gig to remind me of conversations we've had on the night. Yeah, that's exactly what you want. There was another guy at my Vicar Street gig who I brought up on stage not knowing that I knew him because I was like, I just wanted to get a lad up, a posh lad to talk about sexual positions and he got up and then in front of the whole audience was like, oh, we scored before, do you remember? And I was like, <laughs> what? Oh my God, no. I don't. And like, probably now is not the time. Bring it up. So it's usually that kind of stuff. Which is terrible. I've also had a gig where they're just like a staring contest and you can feel the hatred. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. all the arms folded. And you get really enraged because you're like, why did you come? Like, even if you're not enjoying it, like I'm working my ass off up here. Do you know what I mean? Like, be same. Yeah, at least pretend to get some value for your Please money while you're sitting there. Like, you know, you know the one. Obviously, go, going back to the one in Australia where the guy got up and then stood up on your stage. Like, how did you? How did you wind up dealing with that? Oh well, I didn't have to say anything because the crowd just started booing. Oh, it. did but they? The, is, the crowd just kind of like is usually on your side. Like hecklers are the most annoying people on the planet, and um, especially the ones that think they're hilarious. There's a difference between hecklers and someone's like. You're shit. And then there's another difference of a hacker who they just keep interrupting the flow of the show yeah. by shouting stuff up all the time. Um, and the crowd just turn on them. You actually don't have to do that much. The crowd just kind of turn on them themselves, which is very handy. Um, I heard the same story about this comedian who was gigging and someone stood up in the middle. It was going so badly, someone just stood up and went, didn't there used to be a pill table in here? And everyone laughed. <laughs> 
and the Canadian just or was it someone oh yeah Sean Walsh actually in the UK he was telling me that he was heckled so badly at a show in Edinburgh that he had just had to walk off oh, I've heard God. that happening same happened to Kevin Bridges in Dublin I think yeah which is some surprising some people go to show, some people buy tickets to go to shows to tell the act they hate them which is very bizarre it's like, very odd thing, yeah do something productive with your life do a Zumba class like do something <laughs> more fulfilling like save the money for a shrink or like a therapist you can yeah. spend you know and really tell them how you feel about everything people take it very personally when because comedy is so based on your personality yeah that if, if, if people get resentful if they don't like you and they feel you're making a living off your personality they hate you yeah. It's not like actors. They're more pa- people more passionately hate comedians. <laughs> they do. I'm telling you. I've been looking at this stuff for five years. Like it's the truth. I mean, I was the chatting highs to are high and the lows are very low. Yeah, like, I was chatting. Do you know Bernard? Bernard Casey was down there this weekend as well, and he was yeah, saying he was saying the exact same thing. He's that he the, the hatred you feel in a crowd because he was opening up for a musician before down in Kerry, which was like the worst thing ever. And he just said the crowd were obviously there one to see music, and now some random lad they had no idea was coming in was now doing quote-unquote comedy for a half an hour before the music and he just said yeah people will more viciously hate comedians on stage if it's not going well than any other performer or type of performance ever and it's such a public failure like as in it's like that's the thing if you have to be so prepared to fail viciously and publicly like you write something you've no idea like I've written stuff that I thought was hilarious and I've tried it on stage and it's about as hilarious it's about as funny as a pigeon's foot like it's just not funny at all and then other stuff I just kind of think has is, has no weight and then it does work so the only way to try it is to stand on stage and that means that you, you're going to die it's part yeah. of the business to make your peace with that the thicker skin you have the better a comic you'll be sorry unless you do the same material for like 10 years you know you just stay in your safe space that's fine well, there, but also there are like and I think I think it's more when I started out people would ask me why do you think there's more men in comedy than women and yeah. I honestly thought I was like I think women are a bit more self-aware like so the communication side of a woman's brain is three times the size of a man whereas that part of your brain is the sexual part of your brain is three times the size of mine right now we're yeah. talking I'm making a sweeping statement here it's generalization <laughs> but this is the psychology like if you look at the neuroscience behind it this is the deal right so when you talk about woman's intuition it, that makes it sound like wizardry, like we're reading tea leaves. It's not. It's that we can read situations that men traditionally can't read, right? Yeah. So I've watched lads get up on stage and die on their hole and come off and go, it's all right with it? <laughs> Just I think I lost, lost <laughs> a little there, but I uh, think I kind of now rich at the start of the Whereas women, if a woman dies on stage, she knows. Like, yeah. there's no... There's no kind of like talking herself out of it. Yeah, very yeah. aware of what's happening. That's funny you mention that because there are so many lads that pop to mind as soon as you said that who are like go up and have a horrific gig, and then and it's worse being on right after them because you're like, oh good lord, because now they've poisoned it for everyone. But yeah, some of them are yeah. deluded and they think that the, the gig where people were crying and leaving was like, no, yeah. I don't think we got that nailed it. Yeah, kind of got that one in the back in the end. I mean, you need <laughs> a certain amount of delusion, like you do, yeah. or else like why would you keep doing it? Like, you do need to have a certain amount of self-belief, but also you need to have a self-awareness. But I remember there's a gig in Edinburgh. Um, so Edinburgh's obviously the kind of big festival and there's late night gigs there, which there's one gig, it's kind of this infamous gig called Late Live and it starts at one in the morning and it goes oh, on until four. I, I have heard about this. I've heard stories from this place. Yeah. yeah. So it's a real kind of rite of passage. Like, if you get offered it, you do it because 
you don't want to say no because it looks it makes you look like you're scared. So yeah. like even though it's the worst gig, even the woman who runs it's like this gig should not exist. <laughs> <laughs> She's like it shouldn't exist. But so the I've done it the last three years. I I was there, but the last time I did it, I was like, oh my god, the guy I had to follow. So at late night shows like that, when everyone's a bit pissed, they've been out all day, they want big kind of musical act like they need a lot of activity they need a lot of simulation yeah you're not going to be sitting there quietly going well this story's going to arc now in a minute and the yeah, punchline's coming exactly. and there'll be a nice call back here we go exactly. it's 4am exactly it's, they just need strong visuals straight away so I was on I'm sorry I was on after this guy who was I can't remember his name now Dave or something um, Australian dude and he was up there stealing a condom full of ham and deep throating it <laughs> and like stepping out onto their tables and like drinking out of their wine bottles and like he was farting glitter <laughs> and I was there going I have to go up now and talk about living with my mum are you joking me it was horrific How that, that was also horrific 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 <laughs> did you get any last any any sort of how long did you do like 5-10 minutes 15 I did oh I got a couple of laughs. I came off and I was like, that was awful. And she was like, ah, listen, she was like, they didn't throw anything at you. Like, you're gone. <laughs> Job She's done. Like, Congratulations. Yeah, like they get really vicious. Like, it's very strange, very strange. Um, um, but listen, yeah. there's a ton of obviously really good, bad gigs in there. Happy days. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope I haven't re-traumatized you. I didn't mean to obviously bring them all back up. And No. Actually, I totally thought that guy with the swallowing the condom full of ham. That's probably the worst gig, actually. Oh, good, good. I'm glad we've clarified and we have a nice list of uh, yeah, worst Yeah, this gigs. was actually a brainstorming session. I'd forgotten about that one. <laughs> yeah. But um, obviously you're this weekend down in the Vodafone Comedy Festival in the Ivy Gardens. Uh, who are you on with? Who are you, play, who are you gigging so, with? So, tonight I'm on with Foil Arms and Hog and then tomorrow I'm on with, or no, on Saturday I'm on with Jason Byrne. But Sunday is the gig I want to push because it's the one that I'm closing. So, Sunday is the gig that I want to push. That's like half seven. Plus, Sunday in the Ivy Gardens is gorgeous because it's so chill day and everyone's just drinking on the grass. It's lovely. Are you uh, going to come in? Uh, I'm going to come in, yeah. And then I just want to know, after, are you doing Edinburgh this year, but is there any other Dublin gigs between, let's say, Ivy Gardens and, and Edinburgh that people can catch you in Dublin or are you away gallivanting? So, so, uh, so once Ivy Gardens finishes, I'm going to Edinburgh, but then I come, I'm doing the Dublin Fringe when oh, I brilliant. get back with my new show, The Prosecco Express, and in Smock Alley, I think it's from the 10th to the 15th. So I worked very hard on that show, so hopefully by the time I get back from Edinburgh, it'll be... Oh, that's your Edinburgh <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can smash it out at Edinburgh, and then yeah. it'll be nice and polished for the good people of Dublin. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, listen, John, thanks for buzzing on and chatting worse gigs. Uh, best of luck at the Vodafone Comedy Festival this weekend. Go on Sunday, see your headlining there, and best of luck in Edinburgh, and with everything else. Thank you. I might see you down here. Uh, yeah, yeah. You might, you might. Thank you very much, Joanne. On the way, if you take public transport in Dublin on a regular basis, and what type of germs from other people are you being bombarded with on a daily basis? Dr. Ronnie Russell, or microbiologist from Trinity, decided to uh, swab the Lewis, the Dart and the buses to see just how much filth you're travelling in. He'll tell you all about that next. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.